that if the Seahawks aren't going to be very good, they should be very entertaining. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. Well, welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. My guest today is Cody Miller. Cody is the general manager for the Walla Walla Suites. Cody, thanks for making the time to sit down and chat. Words can be hard for Scott. Chat with me. We're just going to leave that in just for fun, folks. Chat. Cody, give me a little bit of your background. How... How'd you end up in Walla Walla? Let's go that way. No. I guess it's if you want the long answer or the short answer. Oh, let's go long. Let's let's uh, let's get the let's get the good backstory here. Okay, so I'm actually originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, grew up there for most of my life, and then middle of high school, um, my family moved to Seattle, Washington. Um, so I spent the last two years of high school there. Um, and then after that, I went to Washington state as an undergrad after actually visiting the college just once because it was so new to me still. Um, but I went there, um, and, uh, majored in sport management, graduated and took an internship, uh, position with the suites and, uh, just kind of worked my, worked my way up. And then after the 2019 year, we had a change and, um, I was promoted to the GM level in October of 2019. Um, and that's where I've been ever since. So this will be my technically third year, full year as GM, but this is my second season. Um, and you know, having a team on the field because in 2020 COVID and all that stuff. So that's a whole nother road we can go down, but that's basically the, the long winded answer of that on the background part. So, So not related to the sweets questions, but pertinent to you. Cleveland. I'm going to call them the Indians. The Guardians. I, I don't know. I just can't. I can't quite. I, other I, I, I know. <laughs> were you were you a Cleveland Indians fan growing up? Yes, very much so. It was. It's probably my first sports memory is going to Indians games. Okay. Um. I. It was like either five or six years old was my first game. Okay. So, yeah, I've been a fan of theirs ever since I can remember. Where do you think Baker Mayfield should go? Oh goodness. Wow. Good segue. Good one. Um, I think Baker is where he should go. I don't know where he could go is I think he'll, something tells me he's going to end up on the Seahawks. Really? I don't know if that's right or not, but something tells me he's going to end up on the Seahawks. Um, but yeah, that's, that could, that is where I think he will end up. Should he go there? I don't know, but that's where I think he will end up. If I had to put money on it right, right now, let's, let's, let's go Baker Mayfield for 200. He seemed <laughs> like he had all the talent or not all the talent, but he seemed like a, a very good quarterback, but he never seemed to, it just never seemed like a good fit with, with the Browns. Uh, I mean, it, the, the Cleveland quarterback history, especially since they've came back, has been well documented. Um, and I'm sure there's hours and hours we could go on about that. So um, for Baker, it was, you know, he's the he's the first first overall pick comes in and he has that game against the Jets there, his third or fourth game. Well, it was it was his first time in a game, but third or fourth game of the season, he comes in the Jets and he breaks the losing streak and that. You know, that was a big deal because, you know, as Browns fans, we were just watching, for lack of a better term, just really putrid football for years. So and then we just got this glimmer of hope that we finally found the guy after, you know, what, 18 years of being back in that whole jersey list of quarterbacks that um, everyone likes to throw up there. So we were like, okay, finally, this is it. And then, you know, he has that great rookie season. I think he even broke the rookie passing touchdown record, um, but then just was kind of uneven after that. So um, I don't know. It's it's a, it's definitely a cutthroat business in the NFL to think we to go from that to he's basically a, a, 
uh, a backup now and basically forgotten about. So who knows where he's going to go, but uh, it's definitely interesting to see how his career's kind of uh, um, panned out ever since then. All right. One last, it's a GM question, but you're going to be the GM of the Seahawks. Okay. Quarterback. Mm-hmm. What do you do this season? So if what I'm seeing from the Seahawks, I mean, obviously you trade Russell Wilson away that basically signals, okay, we're, you know, we're rebuilding. We basically traded away the face of our franchise the last decade or so. So if I'm the Seahawks, I am gathering picks, assets, anything I can. And unfortunately it's not the fun answer, but it's probably the best long-term answer We're we're basically you know, tanking for a top five, hopefully top three picks so that maybe we find a guy in next year's draft who uh, will can be the new face. Um, I know this year isn't the best quarterback draft pool based on what people are saying. I mean, who knows okay. down the line, but if I'm the, if I'm the GM of the Seahawks, you're probably in rebuild mode right now, especially with the, the, the rust trade. So um I think they probably either ride with Drew Locke or maybe bring in a Baker Mayfield if they want to. But um, I think I think that's what they are probably going to have to do. I mean, like I said, you don't trade away Russell Wilson and then expect to still compete right away. But that would be my answer on that. So I gave you a um, big again, opening. There's <laughs> there's people in um, with more experience in in that position that have to make that call on. I'm glad I'm not in that seat right now because I know it's a tough one. But see, I gave you a big opening. What about Gardner Minshew? Why not trade to go get him and just have a fun team for a year? Think about that. Philadelphia doesn't need him. We could get a draft pick. He's a cougar. Gotta like that idea. All right, we had some technical difficulties. I'm not sure. I think Sweet Lou came in and pulled the Ethernet cord. And, uh, well, we're back. We'll blame it on the mascot. So, so Cody, I don't know where we exactly got cut off, but I was asking you, as the GM of the Seahawks, you know, who you'd pick. And I really wanted you to say Gardner Minshew. I, I just think that if the Seahawks aren't going to be very good, they should be very entertaining. And seeing that guy run out onto the field in blue and green and throw the ball around the field like it's an arena league team would be kind of fun. That's my thought. I think I think Gardner could be a, a, a quality starter for like a playoff team that gets in like as a wild card spot. Um, I agree with you too, but I think he could, you know, fill in or go to a team that's like just a piece or two away um, that needs like a filling quarterback. I just don't think Seattle's that right now, just because, especially if they're trying to trade DK Metcalf and the likes. I don't know if that's the best no, situation. We're, you and I are done talking. If you're if you're gonna spout rumors and innuendo, we're we're done. You, okay, that 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 would break my heart. I'm just following the Twitterverse, man. That's that's what the Twitterverse says. <laughs> All right. See, we went off the rails. Let's let's talk. Let's talk Walla Walla Suites. Let's talk the West Coast League. That would we could go down that route for a while. So you you went to WSU. Mm-hmm. You majored in sports management. Yes. You did an internship at Walla Walla. So did they approach you about the internship, or did you approach them? How did that? How that? How did you get started here? Um, it was actually kind of interesting. So I was in a interesting spot at Washington State because. You know, most kids graduate in the spring and then they have like a summer thing they do. So I was mm-hmm. actually done with my classes after the winter semester. So in December, um, and I needed to find something to do internship wise, whether that's spring or summer and didn't really see a whole lot of spring ones that were local. Um, but then, I, you know, reached out to our coordinator at, um, at Wazoo and I was just like, you know, if, if there's something, you know, I'd be happy to kind of look at it. And he goes, you know, well, I know this, we got this team in Walla Walla and they potentially are interested in starting interns a little sooner and put me in contact with them. We had a, a back and forth talk about it. And um, before you know it, they were like, yeah, um, we'd, uh, we can bring you down and basically start you in 
late winter and just kind of get you up to speed quickly so that by the time summer hits, you're basically ahead of the rest, not ahead of the rest of the interns, but you're, you know, you're basically walking in there with a little bit more background on the team per se. So it was kind of a mutual thing per se, because they were looking for someone to bring in prior to the start of the season. So um, it was was definitely interesting um, how it got going, but it still worked out. Um, So I started, I think that, basically the first day of February in 2017 was my first official day. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the most interesting job they've had you do? <laughs> well, I always tell everyone that I've basically done everything except be the mascot. And that's because I'm too tall for the mascot suit. So, um, yeah, sweet, sweet Lou's not a tall onion, so uh, I get I get to play that card whenever we're in a pinch for a mascot. I I can't do it. I'm just too tall. Um, so, um, but most interesting job. I mean, uh, it's you know working in sports. You basically do everything and and anything. So, I mean, I I don't I don't I don't mind doing anything like you know whether it's selling tickets at the front or. If I'm carrying someone's beer to someone's seat or if I'm uh, doing something at a community event or if we're, you know, doing something with the players at a camp or something. So um, I guess it's it doesn't directly answer your question, but basically like I've basically done done everything under the sun as it relates to sports um, in and wearing a bunch of hats, per se, I guess, except the mascot one, obviously. Well, so, you know, see, here's something you need to be afraid of is that you've, you've now publicly said this. So what makes you think the ownership group won't go get an extra large onion outfit just to make you wear it? I mean, you know. Oh, man. It's, I, we Our mascots are already pretty big. So if we got even a bigger one, that might just start scaring the kids at that point. So we probably <laughs> probably shouldn't do that. But I mean, if they yeah. if they do, then I'll, I'll, I'll add it to the resume. It, it's a resume builder at that point. But we don't want to scare children. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's okay. Yeah. No, no, no children should be scared at a baseball <laughs> game. I've asked the other GMs kind of the same sort of question. And I'll ask you that. Uh, we didn't talk Seahawks football with anybody else. So that's, that's just what we've done. Walk me through. So the time we're recording, this is early April. What'd your day look like today? What what did your day consist of? Uh, basically today was a big marketing and ticket sales push because we released our single game tickets um, for um, for the season. So um, the basically we were going off of last night where um, I'm making sure everything's kind of ready to go for the morning so that when we launch and um, and release to the public that we're we're ready to go that everything works. All the links are going the right way. The calendar works, ticket link works, all that. So, you know, it almost started the night before where, um, just double checking that and then, you know, wake up, check the email, all that good stuff, make sure you didn't miss anything. And then basically as soon as you get in the office, plug in and just, okay, we're, we're double triple checking things. Um, get with my assistant GM, um, who loaded all the graphics in, and we're just like, all right, we're ready to we're ready to push go on this. So, um, I mean, that was most of the last part of the day, and then um, the rest of it was just uh, coordinating our other releases, promotional wise, that we're working with our groups on. And then um, the afternoon was actually dedicated to um, a little bit of uh, hiring and staffing, actually. Um, so we probably spent the first half of the day on marketing and ticket sales, and then the second half was. Um, just trying to get some um, more people on for the season in seasonal positions or an internship. So um, it's uh, it was a, it was a good day. It was a successful day in that. Um, definitely got some um, good feedback and interest already. So that was great to see. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of what the day looked like there. And then you know after recording this, I'll probably just again, be checking stuff at home, um, email wise. Oh, and we also ordered some retail stuff for the store. So, um, a little bit in between there. So, um, okay. yeah. And then we'll roll into tomorrow and get right back on it and, uh, get back on the sales track for sure. Um, and, uh, 
and then we'll go from there. So it's, it's a, it's a well encompassing thing. Um, I even left out the part where I talked to our, um, our, our baseball coaches today, our, um, my manager and my pitching coach about, uh, guys we're bringing in. So it, it touched on like four different departments just in one day. So it's a, it's a pretty well-rounded day. Yeah. That's, that's actually kind of very cool. It doesn't, it, you know, doesn't give you a chance to get bored of the same thing, you know, all day, every, you know, exactly. Let's let, I'll go this direction. Let's talk, if you will, Walla Walla Suites philosophy on building your roster. How, how do you guys go about building out the roster? So it, it starts as early as the very tail end of the season um, that you're coming off of. And we like to have our coaches have a very big say in that, whether that's through their college connections or the team's connections that we have. And we're just immediately on the phone with them, whether it's right after the season's ending or as is. And we're like, okay, who do we, you know, who do we want to try to bring back? Who do we think we can get back? Um, who do we think is going to maybe have some draft prospects or might get up, go to the Cape, the Cape Cod League? Um, that's like the premier one on the East coast, obviously. Um, but we're just diving right into it, texting and calling coaches like, Hey, you know, we'd, uh, love to get a couple of guys from your program this year. Who's coming in. That's looking good. Or who's a, who's a good position player. Do you think that's just a couple um, more at bats or a little bit more fine tuning away from really, um, contributing for you guys. So, I mean, we had probably most of our stuff done in terms of slotting by the end of September for players. And yeah. And, and obviously that, that changes throughout the season, you know, guys get hurt or, um, you know, they might get that Cape Cod offer, which, um, you know, it's the Cape Cod. We're not going to say no to that for the player, for the player. Um, but it's a, it's a year round thing. I mean, then there's 10 day guys, then there's guys that are late bloomers that kind of pop up late. So, um, that's kind of our philosophy is, you know, we try to get most of that stuff done, you know, the really good foundation by the end of September so that October through April, it's like, okay, you know, this guy's really having a good spring or this guy, you know, transferred not to make people know about him, but he's, he's coming on good. So we should probably pick him up. So, um, I'd say that's kind of where we look at it from that standpoint. Um, and then we just make adjustments as things pop up. So um, I think it's worked out pretty well so far for us this year too. So one of the reoccurring themes I'm hearing when I talk to other GMs in the league is the importance of the relationship that the, the, the team, the coaches, everybody has their relationships with coaches at other, you know, at colleges. Yes. Where do you have, do you have relationships at colleges? Have you, have you built those? So personally, I, you know, I'm still relatively new to the game than some of the other GMs. So I'm still building mine. Um, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've got a couple local ones, um, and just introductions, handshake meetings that I've been able to do. Um, but the team, um, which is one of the good things, um, about starting in this position, the team has been able to build up, um, relationship with colleges and college coaches that, you know, it's, it makes it a little easier to text as someone new coming on and saying, Hey, it's, it's Cody with the sweets baseball team. And that's basically all I need is, Hey, I'm with the sweets. They know, okay, West coast league, you know, been around the league for a while. We know we can send guys there and they're going to have a, a good experience and get the, get the playing time and, and get the, uh, you know, the teaching and the coaching that they need. So, um, that was very helpful for us. And then, um, you know, that helps our coaches, um, when they're coming on this year too, since they're, since we have new coaches this year, that helps them tremendously too, to be able to, um, use that, um, use that as a a recruiting tool for, for potential players. So you guys are really proactive if you want to get this all done by September and then just kind of monitor the players October to April. Okay. One of the other things that I've learned that really caught me by surprise. And it doesn't make, it makes perfect sense, but it really caught me by surprise was I'm thinking, I don't want to say spring training, but I would have thought that there would have been some time where the 
your, your club would be together before and, and practice and, you know, and, and kind of come together as a unit. I'm not hearing that to be true. It, it's almost like these guys are showing up and you're, you're handing them their, their uniforms and almost saying, get out on the field. I mean, it's like they're, they're showing up literally, you know, not very many days before the season starts. And sometimes even after the season has started, how do you guys prepare for that? I mean, that's one of the, I haven't asked that question of anybody, but like, how do you build a team when you don't have the luxury of that time? I mean, the way you put it, honestly, is kind of how it goes. And that's for a lack of a better, you know, term, that's basically summer ball at this, at this point is, you know, these guys are, they're not all finishing at the same time in their respective colleges. So they can't get here. And, you know, we can't set like a set time, like spring training per se, where it's like, all right, pitchers and catchers report this day. And then position guys, you know, come in, this is, you know, Hey, you know, semester ended, we didn't make playoffs. We're going to be there about three or four days for our first game. And we, and I was actually, that was actually one of the talking points on my coach's call today was um, just starting to get guys arrival time or anticipated arrival time so that mm-hmm. that way, you know, we know, okay, we're going to have this many guys here after Memorial day, and then we'll be able to travel this many for the first road trip. And then that way we can be like, okay, we know that we're going to be picking up guys once they, you know, once playoffs are over college world series, um, and all that stuff. And then we also have to worry about kids on quarter systems who are still in school. So, you know, the, some of the California schools and other places they're in school through the middle of June. So, you know, we're not going to get them until mid late June. And then they're just, they're joining up with the guys. And you kind of said earlier, we're handing them their gear and their number and it's like, okay, report to the field and uh, meet the coach and the boys. And uh, we got a game that night. So um, it's, you know, you just got to keep that, you got to keep it, but you got to keep it loose and open in the locker room where it's like, you know, all right, we're having guys that are going to be here all 59 games, or we're going to have guys that are going to be here half the season or guys are going to be here for 10 days or whatever. So just, you got to be able to work with the ebbs and flows. And um, that's just kind of what we, what we deal with as, as a summer ball team. And it's not unique to just us in the West coast league. There's a lot of other leagues that kind of experience that as well. I don't know. You're going to know the answer off the top of your head. How many players suited up for the suites last year in total? Oh, probably we had, I'd say the final number was somewhere between 36 and 38 players. Um, well, that's not as bad as I thought it was or as many as I thought it was. Well, and that's another part that varies. Like we, we usually keep a number around or below that area. And then there's other teams that'll keep a higher number. So like, and that, that was actually kind of high for us because we just, we experienced a lot of injuries last year um, and all at once too. So um, yeah, I would probably say 35, 36, 38 guys. So um, in total probably suited up for us at some point. How many players from the suites over the years have made it to the show? I think we're up to four now. Um, so Matt Hall was our first one. He was a left-hander for us in 2013, um, left-handed pitcher. And he was drafted by the Detroit Tigers. And then he made the show, I want to say, I want to say it was September 2018. He got the call up. Um Okay. So that was our first guy through. And then we had um, two more pitchers come through. We had Jay Flaw come up um, for the Orioles. And then uh, we had Cody Petit come up for the Marlins, I want to say. And um, another one we had, he was with us for a short time. Um, but we had someone come up with the Astros. And it's killing me right now because his name is escaping me. Um, but he was like a DH for them. And I think he was with them for 2020 and 2021 and he might be with them still um i'll probably think of it somewhere later on in the in the yeah. show but yeah it was blurted out in the middle <laughs> in the middle of a sentence just blurted out that's right okay. um so yeah we've had about four guys and um uh, we have a lot of guys in double and triple a um we've also had a lot of recent high draft picks um we actually had um i'm gonna forget his name too but he was a ucla product 
um, on our 2017 team that recent was drafted in the first round in 2021 by the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, and he's a outfielder for them. And Garrett Mitchell, okay. Garrett Mitchell, that's who it is. Um, he was he was the first round pick of the Brewers, so um, we expect probably if his career takes the trajectory we think and it should, we might be hearing his name in you know two to four years or so. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, it's, with us being in the league now for 11, 12 years, we're probably going to see see more guys start coming up just on the lack of on just the amount of guys that have come through here alone. Okay, so. So the team's so one of the questions I always ask is so so how long's the team been been around? So it, so you said eleven or twelve years. So basically what 20, 2012, 20, 2010? Yeah, twenty two thousand nine the team was founded and twenty ten was the first season. Um okay. and we've played every season in the West Coast League since then, except for the COVID year. Right. The ballpark. Let's talk about the ballpark. Mm-hmm. I have not seen the ballpark. What's a defining characteristic of this park? The defining characteristic is it is a dual or a multi-purpose field. Um, We, it is also used as a football field in the fall for high school, um, local high school, um, Wall Wall High School. So it has a very, not very, it has a deeper than normal center field. Um, I want to say just right a center field. It's probably about four fifteen. In terms of, yeah, in terms of uh, to hit it out there. Um, So that's probably the defining feature is it's a dual purpose field, but it's still pretty well, well, well well-rounded baseball field. Um, It's all grass um, and it gets basically as soon as our season's done, it starts getting prepared for football because it's like three weeks until they kick off. So, um, so I'd say that's probably the most defining one. In a, about how many people will the stadium hold when it's configured for baseball? Uh, it can hold about 2,200 people um, before we're doing standing room. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's probably that's probably what I would call max capacity before standing room. And what's a what's a good night? What, what do you guys average on a good night? So between fluctuating... Um, between if it's 120 degrees out, like it was last summer and it was a good night. <laughs> um, we're probably sitting, you know, at a thousand people, um, on night, okay. um, our bigger nights, like our, and- our fireworks and everything, we're probably closer to that 1800 number, um, most often than not. Maybe you should, you know, we'll put the bug in there for the ownership group to put misters in. And maybe when it's 120, more people will show up if you're keeping them cool. <laughs> I can't imagine that's, that's the interesting thing to me. Walla Walla gets, you guys, it gets pretty, it gets hot there. We set the record it, last year for hot, for heat. I think it was yeah. 116 or 117 on when that heat wave yeah. came through. Yeah. We, we hit, we hit just about that here in Wenatchee. It was the, yeah, it was just miserable. It was absolutely miserable. I couldn't imagine playing a game in that weather. Well, we did. So imagine it. How, how <laughs> Okay. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the sweets relationship with the community. I've been in your retail store downtown. Very cool. In fact, somewhere somewhere in this office are my Walla Walla Sweets hats. I bought a couple of them because I think I think the the W two logo like you've got on your polo there. I think that's a really cool logo. And I got one with Sweet Lou because that's that's a that's one of the best mascots going. I got it. I gotta say that's just. That's very cool. But how do the suites fit into the Walla Walla community? You have a local local wine night or something. I mean, just with the no, I'm kidding, but you know, with the wine, with how many wineries are in Walla Walla? It seems like, yeah. How do you fit in? Let's just put it that way. So it, it's funny you bring up the wine part. Um, we and it's very fitting. We are actually one of our partners, um, sponsorship wise is, um, they branded, they, um, they trademarked the phrase, the official wine of sports. And so they are a sponsor of ours and they're local and, um, they do a lot of stuff with, uh, across the country, not just here. Um, and it was actually funny because 
Um, I was talking with their um, person last year who I work with and she, and she was talking with me and she goes, yeah, we just, um, we trademarked this and we're starting to reach out and brand into uh, uh, pro sports. So um, she goes, yeah, we partnered with the, we partnered with the Cleveland Cavaliers and I'm like, there's no way because I'm from Cleveland. I'm like, you're partnering with a team that's almost 2000 miles away from you. She's like, yeah. And uh, it was, it was so cool because we got to talk about it. And then um, she was telling me about the whole rollout process and everything. And she goes, yeah, we, we did a wine tasting and we had this, um, we had one of the guys there that was doing it. And it was, he was a former player, like one of their first players. And I'm like, it was Austin Carr, wasn't it? She's like, yeah, how do you know? I'm like, that guy has been commentating since I was eight for the Cavs. And I ran into him. I got his autograph. Like he's, it, it's just the small, it's like the big small world concept there. Like this, this wine, this, uh, this winery in Walla, Washington is now partnering with my hometown Cleveland Cavaliers. And now we're also partnering with the suite. So it's just like, it's, it's, it was just so, it was crazy. So, um, but to go back to your original question, um, in terms of where we fit in the community, um, yeah, it's, it's really awesome, especially when the guys are here in the summer. Um, we try to do a lot of local outreach, um, and go to, um, community events in the area, whether it's like the local YMCA or if it's, um, you know, a, a, an after school program or things like that, where we can have the guys come out and hang out with the kids, take pictures, sign some autographs and get the mascot out there too. So, um, it's, it's a very, it's a very family friendly atmosphere that we try to do both inside the ballpark and out. Um, and I think we do a pretty good job in terms of connecting with the community in that regard. Um, in fact, one of the things we're doing this year, we're having, a we're calling it school day where, Last I, um, last number I looked at, we're having like five or six middle schools come out as like a celebration that school's out for the summer and they're going to come to a game. Um, and it's going to be like a morning game so they can all make sure they're there during the school hour. So um, just just stuff like that where we can be involved in and um, just have the kids involved and be, um, be in the community like that. So it's a it's a pretty cool um, atmosphere once once the summer hits and we can do stuff like that. I I think that's a great, great way of getting kids exposed to a, I love baseball and you know, it's, it's, I mean, let's be honest. It's not the most popular sport anymore because we've all gotten used to like shot clocks and fast paced and, and baseball doesn't have that at least not yet. Um, but young kids coming out during the school day to go watch a ball game. That's, that's cool. That's, that's, I like that. That's very cool. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it'll definitely be a, a fun, interesting day for sure. But it's like, to your point, it's like any, any way we can get these kids involved with the game or just, you know, be a, be at the ballpark, you know, that's, that's going to be something that is going to stick with them through the rest of the school where it's like, I want to go out and, I want to be just like the, the first baseman. I want to be, I want to hit the home run like the, like the, the sweets guy did. So it's like, you know, that's, that's really cool. So, um, no, I'm, I'm glad we're able to do stuff like that. Cause it's, it's just, it, it's fun for all involved in, um, when they come out. So what do you, what do the Walla Walla sweets do differently? What's unique to the Walla Walla? Like if I go to a sweets game and I'm sitting there and, you know, in the bleachers, What's the experience going to be like there that I'm not going to see, say, in Wenatchee? You will never see another team have their ceremonial first pitch be an onion instead of a baseball. <laughs> so okay. that was that was one of the first things I I um, I was uh, able to see as an intern was we do our ceremonial first pitch and we throw out an actual Wawa sweet onion, and it's. <laughs> It is, it's, uh, I, at first I was like, there's no way, but yeah, we do. And, uh, it's even better when we get the guys who's the guy who's catching it for the night, if we can get him to bite right out of it. And then if we can get the, the person that threw it also take a bite out of it. So it's just like, it's, it's like, you don't anywhere else in the country, you're not going to see that. But if you come to Walla Walla, 
you'll see it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, oh, okay. So you're not All you're right. not going to see that in Wenatchee, I promise you. No, <laughs> no, we're not. That's okay. <laughs> All right. So, what sort of promotions do you guys have going on this year? You know, what's because you mentioned you know single game tickets and all that just went on sale today, but what sort of promos do you guys run? So we try to do as much as we can from a daily day to day standpoint. Um, our popular one last year with uh, so last year obviously with COVID we had to like just get everything going as quickly as we could with short notice. Um, so we tried Thirsty Thursdays. Which okay. basically was like, we're, we're going to discount beer all game long. And sure enough, people showed up and showed out for that. <laughs> so, um, shocked. yes, very, I'm very shocked. shocking, very shocking. But no, so we're, we're like, okay, we're definitely doing this again next year when this might just be on the schedule for until the end of time. But, um, yeah, we're doing that. Um, we got, we got bobblehead coming this year. That's actually a throwback version to um, the Wall Wall Padres when they were here. Um, so um, okay. Lou is going to be decorated in the gold and brown of the Wall Wall Padres. So we got that coming. Um, we have you know the ceremonial hats that we usually give away. We have a flag coming. Um, we are doing a post game concert this year after a game, which I don't think we've ever done before. There's a local band in town um, called Whiskey Creek that will be playing after one of our games. Um, actually, when Wenatchee's here, um, it'll be a post-game concert afterwards at the stadium. Um, so that'll be okay. that'll be cool to have. Um, we have this guy named um, his his act is called Tyler's Amazing Balancing Act, and looked him up. And this guy will balance anything on his face, chin area that he can. And I kid you not, an, a full 18-foot ladder, he will balance on his face. And I was like, there's no way. But we got we, we to try this. Like, this is, where else are you going to see this? And so, uh, yeah, just, just things like that. That's, you know, because we're trying, obviously, we want to, you know, have the baseball um, be a part of it. But we also want our fans to be entertained by all the other stuff going on. So, you know. And while you're while you're in the fourth <laughs> inning, you know, having a cold beer, I mean, you look over and there's a guy balancing a, a wheelbarrow on his face, like, oh, that's kind of cool. So um it'll be just things. The only like thing that. that would make that better is if he's eating a, an onion while doing it. If he can do that, I'll be truly amazed. I and you know, that might have to be part of the pregame discussion with him in terms of like, all right, it's wall wall, this is what's <laughs> gotta happen. So this is okay. I still okay the ceremonial first onion that's that's really really cool <laughs> three for a loop didn't it I, no it's 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 brilliant it's just it makes perfect sense actually um, it's it's very interesting it's like like I said when I first got here and it was an intro I'm like there's we're we're not really throwing an onion are we and it's like nope sure enough we're throwing an onion so uh, throwing an onion it's always great I'm surprised it, you guys don't it's always great when they miss the plate and they skip it in there and then they're all the, the outer part just goes flying. So now we're picking up, <laughs> we're picking up the onion peels. So you got an onion cleanup crew exactly coming out. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think you, you've, you broke, you broke me on that one. I just, that's, that's, that's awesome. I ask this question everybody and and I'm I'm I'll be honest with you I'm a little I don't want to say disappointed but surprised. See if you disappoint me or surprise me. Oh, big shoes. Who is the Walla Walla Sweets natural rivalry? Like who do you guys ha- feel like you have a rivalry with? The Yakima Valley Pippins. Without a doubt. Okay. Okay, so you, you answered that more emphatically than anybody. Everyone else is just being really not not polite. I'm kidding here too, but oh no, we you know, and, and I know the league is massively cooperative. You guys all work together. You're very competitive on the field, but you're very collaborative uh, as a league. Why why Yakima? So um, the way it starts is our ownership group actually owns two teams, and the first mm-hmm. one was Walla Walla in 2010. And the second team that started was Yakima Valley. So 
the way it started and how it developed was, you know, we work together with Yakima. Like you said, we work with them off the field because we're, you know, we're one ownership group. So we're trying to work with them, be successful for both teams. But when I tell you that our fans enjoy whenever Yakima comes here or we go there, they that's that's marked on their calendar. Like, okay, we're, we got to beat these guys. And so much so that um, the last several years, um, COVID notwithstanding, we take a team bus up to Yakima if we can, especially on the weekends. And we take a bus full of fans up there so that we can cheer on one game while we're up there. And believe me, the fans let the Yakima fans know that they are here and they're, they're going to cheer on and make sure that we win tonight. So, um, no, it's, it's, it's a rivalry with Yakima. I will, I will say at the end of the day, it's a friendly, friendly rivalry, but, uh, no, that's, that's one we look forward to. Um, so, um, but yeah, and if and if you ask our fan base, the hardcore ones, they'll say the same thing. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I think rivalries in sports are important. I mean, look, let me ask you this question: Are you a Yankees no. fan? Oh no. But are they great for baseball? Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, it, it, it's it it hurts to say that I know, but without the evil empire to chase. You know, it's, it's, it, it sucks when your team, okay, I'm a Mariners fan. <laughs> and it was like, we were their trip. We were the Yankees triple a team for so many, all our good players ended up going, being traded to New York. I can sympathize with you because as an Indians slash guardians fan now growing up, I felt the same way. Cause yeah. and it just, yeah, all it's like yeah. all of our good players are just going to end up on the Yankees or now it's like the Red Sox and all those other teams. But yeah, when I was a kid, it was right. like, oh, he's going to be on the Yankees soon. So, But they're good for the sport. It's hard to watch. <laughs> it, it's painful if you're not a Yankees fan. It, terrible. But it's good for the sport to have a rivalry. It's good to get excited about beating the Yankees, let's just say. You know, you know I... Yeah, you never see a Mariners fan more happy than when they like sweep the Yankees in a in a in a home series. I mean, it's like well, you know, just go. That's our playoffs. Well, just go back. Just go back to probably the Mariners' most famous moment: ninety-five division series. Who were you playing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did the roof not come off the Kingdome that night? Huh? That was. I I wasn't there, but I was watching it on TV. It was. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. And uh Yeah, okay. So <laughs> as I wipe the tear out of my eye when I think about the Mariners. I, just, I hope this year. I, I hope. I think they're I think they're in hope, for a good year. I think they really are. I hope so. I hope I hope I think they I don't think they were quite as good as their record looked last year. I'm a little nervous about the pitching staff. But I hope, I hope, I know what I have to, I have to give you guys kudos because you, you, you totally threw me when you said the ceremonial first onion, right? right? Correct. But your April fool's prank on Facebook <laughs> was awesome. Uh, did you, who came up with that idea? I, I'm going to let you share what it was, but I, I saw it and I'll be, I'll be honest for a split second. I went, huh? <laughs> And then I went, oh, okay. So it was brilliant. So who came up with that? So that was actually the brilliance of our assistant GM. His name's Tommy Ott. And um, we are actually planning this back in, I think, November, December. Because we, you know, we kind of etch out what our off-season, you know, social media posts might look like in terms of like content-wise. You know, so April April Fool's Day is one of them. And, you know, I, I give my ideas and he... He he has a good chunk of them too, um, overall. And came in one day and I loaded up um, and was kind of looking and I'm like, so what? Do you, so what do you got here? And he's like, it's onion soda. We're gonna say onion soda on April Fools. So sure enough, last uh, last Friday uh, we put out the little video and uh, 
I'll be honest, I was surprised people actually were like, oh, I want to I want to try this or I want to get this. And I was like, oh, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go that far. But no, um, no, it was it was pretty great. So and what it what made it cool was the video looked totally legit, too. It was just like, yeah, this oh. is definitely happening. <laughs> so. So who did the video? Uh, he did. Um, we we basically were able to find something that basically just took our logo and slapped it on there on like a pre-edited um, commercial, basically. And just was like it just put our logo right on there. And then we just typed out the rest. So, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So it was very but like, you know, you you went to high school in Seattle. So do you remember Jones Soda? Oh, I don't. I so Joan, Go ahead, sorry. Joan Soda's out of Seattle and they, they do all these retro flavors and their, their labels were like individual photographs. You could like go and order a photograph and, and put your own photograph on it and all that. But they have, this is the most disgusting sounding thing ever. They have a turkey dinner pack. And so they have like gravy flavored soda. Hmm. And I'm just like, Ugh. so you could almost probably go to Jones and say, we want to do an onion flavored soda and they could probably put it together for you. And as disgusting as that may be, it probably would sell at the concession stands. For the curiosity yeah. alone, people would buy it. <laughs> but that, that, that video quality that you guys put out, that was, that was, that was, that was very good. Kudos to you. Great sense of humor there. Yep. All. I'll uh, I'll take some of it, but most of it goes to Tommy, our assistant GM. So uh, that was the fact that he had that waiting in the wings for about five months. That was that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. What? How? What are you excited about for this season? Honestly, I'm excited for the first time as my role in, as GM. We got to plan a full season without having to worry about COVID restrictions. Um, okay. Because when I first took the job, it was in 2019 in the fall. And I did, you know, we had about four months of, you know, tr real work. And then we all know what happened in March, February, 2020, basically the whole world shut down. So mm -hmm. we didn't get to play baseball in 2020 because of all the stuff going on. And then even in the 2021 we didn't know until middle of March of 21 if we were going to even be able to play because, you know, unlike MLB or all the major sports, we need fans in the stands. Like that's our, that's our moneymaker. That's how we make a living. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had no idea. And then all of a sudden one day I, you know, the governor came out and announced it and it was like, all right, let's go. We got, we got about two or three months to put all this together. So, and and we got to play every game and I was very thankful for it because if we went two years without baseball, it just would have sucked, you know, for lack of a better term. But um, no, no yeah, but no, for, you know, we we basically we were throwing promotions together like the week before. It's like, well, what do you think about this? And it's like, OK, yeah, let's whatever. <laughs> so um, but no, we we truly had a full season off season to prepare and plan and be able to do that so it's 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 the first time in three years we've been able to do that which is kind of crazy to think but honestly that's what i'm most excited about um because now we can truly put on the show that we're used to trying to put on so um i'm very much looking forward to that and uh just being able not to worry about all that all that other stuff okay um you still got the first pitch onion on your mind, don't you? I do. <laughs> I really do. I, yeah, yes, I really do. That's that's. You're gonna. I want to talk to the person who came up with that. You're gonna. Idea. You're that's, gonna come down to the stadium and watch it, or throw one out. Try to throw one out yourself. I don't think I want to throw one out, but I think because I don't want to be the guy that skips it into the plate and has the, you guys have to clean it up, or or worse, you know, throw it into the throw it over the catcher's head and hit the net. <laughs> Um, that'd be me. Um, I, I, I hope Todd will cut this out. I got to remind him to cut. Cause I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
who has been the most, who's been the biggest character of a player in your experience with the team? Have you had any of those really, you know, you know, those characters? A lot of baseball players in general are just characters. If you get to know them and be around them every day, it's a, it's a great group of guys all, every year, year in and year out. And they just, some of the things they do and they come up with, especially in the dugout chatter, it's just like, how do you even think of that? Like, <laughs> like just some of the, and I'm sure you've been around the game long enough. You hear the chirps and everything from the crowd or everything, but man, some of these things they come up with, it's like, you can't help but just go around the corner and just laugh because it's like, it's hilarious. Um, biggest character probably, uh, we had a kid, um, he was on two teams. He was on 2019-21. Um, his name is Mason Kokodinsky. Uh, he's a pitcher at LMU right now. And uh, he great kid, honestly, great kid. And he came to us in 2019. He was an incoming freshman at LMU. So he was just graduating high school. And he's he's big dude. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, probably. And he's, you know, he's built. Mm-hmm. And he's the biggest, he was like the biggest kid you ever met. It was just like, he was truly playing the kid's game and he was loving every minute of it. And it was just, (laughs) he probably had the best dance moves on the team. If I had to guess, just based on what I saw, um, (laughs) there's a video out there somewhere of a rain delay in Bellingham in 2019, I believe where he is, um, doing some dancing behind home plate while we're waiting it out. Um, but yeah, that's, that was probably my biggest character. And, um, I loved having him on the team the last two years. I think the kid's going to be a stud when all things said and done, but, um, no, he's, he's just so hilarious. Like, and it's just, yeah, great kid overall, but I, that'd probably be my vote. And I'm sure there's, there's probably more as we go down the line, but in my five years, but that's just one that sticks out with you. The last couple of years for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's wrap this up, but so we're going to transition this back a little bit about you. So when you're not the general manager, what do you like to do for fun and entertainment in, in Walla Walla? I like wine. So I'm in the right spot for that. (laughs) Um, uh, name drop a winery. Well, there's, there's over a hundred and either a hundred or 120 (laughs) tasting rooms. So, um, I got to drop. Yeah. Well, sorry, go ahead. Have you been to them all yet? Not, not even close. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) Um, I got a name drop knocking point. They're a great partner of ours. Those are the, um, the official wine of sports ones. So they've been great. Um, so that's probably my favorite one as of right now. Um, we have a lot of great ones. I mean, there's Conto cellar downtown. Um, I mean, I could go on and on honestly. So, um, you can go, the fact is you can go to any restaurant in town and get any of them too, which is great because they're in most of the local restaurants and that's even better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, obviously I'm a big sports fan, so I enjoy watching sports and going to them. Um, it's almost been like a tradition the last four or five years where after the season's over, we'll get a couple of people to go, um, together and we'll go up to a tri cities dust devils. It's just an hour up the road and they're the single a of the angels now, I believe. Um, and that's kind of like a, that's kind of like a, all right. I want to, I want to sit down and watch one of these instead of walking around the stadium the whole time and making sure everything's not on fire. So, um, so I I like doing that. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of local restaurants and places to kind of go around. Um, always make it, uh, uh, always make it a point to go to one wazoo football game during the year. Um, usually get my dad to come out, um, for, um, for that weekend to come out. So that's good. Um, I, before, before it got too hectic, um, I really like to, you know, travel to other States. And now that the, now that things are opening back up, um, getting back to other countries, um, when I was in college, I was able to go to several different, um, countries in the far East and I really enjoyed my time there. So now I'm going to try to, uh, go to a couple of European countries if I can. I know that usually is a little bit more in the off season per se also, but, um, also a big food connoisseur, always trying different, 
trying different um, foods, different cultures um, in that regard. Um, just to say I've tried it, you know, I might not necessarily like it, but always trying to try some new stuff. So, and it's always a good conversation piece when I can tell people I've tried live squid before and then show them the video of it because they always freak out and it's like, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> See, exactly. Have you ever tried dirt? Yeah. Have you ever tried durian? You know, I think I have. Um, oh, I, I, th- I could do the live squid. I don't think I could do the dirt. The I think I have, I'd have to remember it was, if it, it was a while ago if I have, but, um, no, I, I, I'm not sure. I might have to try it again though, just to say. Okay. All right. Question I always ask, and I'm going to switch it up on you because you said you're a foodie and you like wine. Where's a great breakfast place in Walla Walla? Kind of depends on. Cause you're probably not having wine with breakfast. So you'd I'm be guessing. surprised by people, out, not myself, <laughs> but just people here. Um, there's a couple. It depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for, um, you know, that greasy plate per se, um, in town, it's a Tommy's Dutch lunch. And I know it says lunch, but it's, okay. um, great, great stuff. Honestly, it's to stick to your rib stuff. So, um, they're okay. good. Uh, maple counter, probably the best overall breakfast in town. That'll definitely fill you up. And they got a lot of good options there. So, um, I would say those two are probably my favorite right now. Um, but, and you can go to Maple counter for almost anything, but those are the, probably the two best spots. Those are your two. Those are your your, your coffee. You're in coffee. Yeah. Um, I, I don't get too fancy with it. I'm pretty plain Jane when it comes to coffee, but, um, I'll definitely be needing it here in a couple weeks. So, but. Okay. So where do you go for coffee in town? Uh, there's coffee perk. Um, a local place that's on first Avenue downtown. Um, it's all, it, it, it's basically like where, where the, uh, where the town kind of convenes for their morning chit chat almost. Cause you go in there about nine, 10 o'clock and that place is packed and it's just basically people in there, you know, chatting it up or talking about yesterday's news or the morning news or whatever. So, um, I'd say that's probably the, the local spot in terms of where, where they go. We'll wrap it up with this question. What didn't I ask you that I should have asked you? Hmm. That's a good, that's a good one. Actually. I think we covered most of it. Um, you should have asked me, and this is maybe not fair to you. You should have asked me a little bit more about my, my sports fandom, considering where I'm from and where I live. I know, I know we touched a little bit on it, but most of the other sports involved in it. Um, All right. Let's, let's unpack that for a little bit. Let's go. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. Are you going to welcome LeBron James back to the Cavaliers if he wants to play his last season there? I mean, it's at this point, um, and I was, I have a small story about that when he came back the first time, but I mean, he's, he's done basically everything he can for Cleveland. I think at this point he brought, um, he brought the city its only title in the last 50 years. And I mean, he had to do it in, you know, you know, coming back against the, the, the Warriors three, one down best record in the NBA, better than the, the Jordan bulls um, record wise, I would say. And, you know, doing that, I think that was that he's done basically everything he can. If he wants to come back for a farewell tour, I'd definitely be open to it. I mean, I think just recognizing though that the Cavs have been the surprise of the NBA this year and now we're all of a sudden on the fast track to, you know, these guys could be top four in the East for the next couple of years if they play their cards right. So, you know, if he if he's able to come back and contribute that way, and I mean, he's still what, 37, 38 years old and still leading the league in scoring. So sure, I'll take him. <laughs> All right. So what else? So growing up, what was your sport? I played all of them. Um, baseball probably was my best one overall. Um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I'm too tall for the mascot suit. I am tall. I was actually a short to average height kid. So basketball, I was mostly like a point guard and I didn't hit my growth spurt until high school. So, 
Um, basketball, I was okay at. Um, did a little hockey, just a little bit, not too much. Played a little football, but baseball definitely at the end of the day, a little bit of basketball. So um, I'd say those were mine. And um, that's probably the furthest I went was with baseball with it, for sure. So how tall are you? Well, I'm 6'3". Um, so, but yeah, when I was like in, when I was like a freshman in high school, I was only like five, nine or something like that. Five, 10. So I was kind of on the short end. So are you a diehard Cleveland fan through and through, or do you root for somebody else nowadays? I no diehard through and through. Um, the Browns make me question it from time to time growing up. Um, and we could go on a whole separate podcast about the Browns and that sort of, but I know you don't have that time, but, um, no, I, like I grew up going to Indians games, Browns games, Cavs games, like that's what I remember. So to switch now, it just, I don't have that attachment. It's like, I'm not going to switch to like the, well, Seattle doesn't have a basketball team, but, um, I couldn't Oh, you had to bring that up. You know, I figure we went long enough. I thought I could slip it in, but obviously not. So um, they'll be back one day. The wound is still They'll be back one day. I know. I know. And they're getting closer. I don't know what day that'll be, but I think they'll be back sooner than later. Well, the ownership group is the, uh, that owns the Kraken. They are supposedly part of the ownership group that's building a new arena in Vegas. Correct. So that will, the, the, the speculation is Seattle and Vegas will get expansion teams. I think that's right. No, I'll yeah. be happy. I'll be happy. I think, Ish. I think the whole city will be happy because I, I, I moved out to Seattle right when that went down. So people were not thrilled <laughs> to say the least. All right, so this is the last question I have. It's a very important answer. Ohio State Buckeyes, yes. Ohio State Buckeyes, no. It's going to be a very emphatic yes in the sense. Okay, no, 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 no. My Both of my parents went there. I was literally taken onto the field as a newborn around the stadium. My grandmother was was walking me around in the stroller when I was born. We were down in Columbus and the door was open for some reason, the stadium. And she walked me down there and basically like, and that was my first college football game actually was the 2006 season when they went undefeated, but lost to Florida in the title game. So, I mean, I was hooked and I grew up in it and you're, you're never going to change my mind on it. I, I know people don't like them. That's fine. I really don't care at this point. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's, look, I'm giving you know, a hard time. I, know. I, I have, but here's the thing college sports rivalries are incredibly good. The Buckeyes, I don't like the Buckeyes. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't like Michigan either. Yeah. But it's fun to talk about them oh. and they're always fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it wasn't yeah. fun to watch. It okay. wasn't fun to watch the game this past fall, but other than that, it's been fine for the last twenty years, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him back this fall. We'll get him back. Well, Cody, thank you for taking the time to sit down, go through this with our technical challenges. Have have fun. You know, if never. Okay, so this conversation has two things in it that I have never talked mm-hmm. about before. Ceremonial first pitch onion and eating live squid. <laughs> I mean, you, you couldn't script that. I would never have guessed, you know, in a million years that the GM of the Walla Walla <laughs> Sweets is going to talk about eating live squid. But what possessed you to do that? I was studying abroad in South Korea during my um, last couple of years at Washington State and just we went out to a restaurant one night and this, and basically that's part of like their whole, I actually have a picture and a video on my phone. Cause like they, they have the tanks outside 
and they would fish them out and it's basically like that was like your appetizer or like your the meal before the meal per se but you know it's i just say don't knock it till you try it if you if you don't like it after you try it okay that's fine but it imagine this would be a little hard to describe plus you it would be a, a it would be disrespectful to not do it especially one of our teachers was a korean national so um it was like you okay. had to do it and i was all for it honestly because it's like sure why not when in rome right um but it was like i'm trying to describe the the texture definitely slimy outside but it, it was it had a it had a somewhat of a bite to it on the inside so it was just like i'm i can't think of the the right one um it's it'd be like uh um you know imagine if like you put a gummy worm in the freezer and let it get hard in the middle just for a little bit and then take it out and eat that imagine that but with no artificial flavoring and it's just slimy and then you coat it with soy sauce to make sure that you get it some flavor on there and i and i can tell by re your reaction that you are not impressed by my description of it so um I'm not sure how you got a gummy worm to equate to live squid, but I, I got to give you credit. I mean, I'm just like, wow. I, I would, I would look like you said, it had been disrespectful and I would have tried it. Did you, did you like it? I did. Um, if you put okay. enough soy sauce on it, yeah, it's good. What would I, okay. would I order it as a full meal? Probably not. I'd probably have a small little, part off to the side and eat it the the other okay. thing you know they so to kind of stay on food a little bit the the mariners they have one of my favorite ballpark oddity foods the crickets mm -hmm. i love those and people look at me like and it's like what are you, are you crazy and i'm like no it's good protein and they douse it with so much chili lime sauce that you can't even think that you're eating you don't even know you're eating a cricket so but no, that's that's delicious. <laughs> oh, this has been fun. Thank you so much, man. This we could go on and on, but let's 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 you and I are gonna have to go. I'm coming to Walla Walla. We're we're gonna go talk <laughs> about food. This will be. Uh, I'll have. I'll have. A good I'm time. all for it. You're welcome anytime. We'll get you that onion too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, I'll do it. You gonna come it. down if uh. Yeah, I come. I yeah. Well, I'll tell you after after we're done. So, um, thanks, Cody. Uh, I I wish the sweets a successful season. Um, unless they're playing Wenatchee, I got to root for Wenatchee this year. I've got to, you know. But no, and and good luck against Yakima. That there, I can root for you guys against Yakima. How's that? Now I'm going to be talking to their GM next, and I might have to. You know, you might listen to that one and go, "Well, he just said he's going to root for." <laughs> no, uh, but uh. No, thank you so much. And uh, no, I, yeah, we're, you and I are going to talk. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.